Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Magnets are stickers. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Welcome to We Got This with Mark and Hal, the podcast that settles the debates nobody else will touch. Is this a debate nobody else will touch, or is yes. this a debate nobody else has had? Correct. I Same feel thing. like, the, yeah. You know why? This was written on my fridge. I have a big dry erase board on my fridge. And at uh-huh. some point, I don't know when, I wrote stickers versus magnets. I think it was, I was trying to figure out how to put things on my fridge. And it was a fridge-specific thought that I was having. But then uh, I texted you the other day, and we were looking for a topic. And I said, I looked at my fridge, and I thought, what about stickers versus magnets? And you said, great. And then I went, how are we going to talk about this? Yeah. And what did I say? Let's just talk about it. You said the thing that you always say when I say I want to structure. You're like, let's just freewheel, man. Yeah. Yeah. You're the Tommy Chong of this operation. Well, look, these are two very popular ways of attaching things to other things. Yeah. But then as I started looking into it and thinking about it, Mm -hmm. they really expand out. They have both of these things have changed history in very many ways. Yes, and both things occur in nature in some way. There's magnetism yeah. in nature, and also there are natural things that stick on to other things. Sure. Via sap. Yeah. For as long as humanity mm-hmm. has made tools or settled places or tried to build structures, they've required a way to attach things to other things. Sometimes right. that's with a lash or a cord, but a lot of times it's making something that will make things stick to one another. Well, I'm not. we're not talking about like sticky tape. I'm talking stickers specifically where the sticker itself is the end product. And that, it turns out, goes back to ancient Egypt. Oh, really? Yeah, it goes back to ancient Egypt and specifically to labels. Merchants in ancient Egypt would put some sort of glue on the back of a piece of papyrus and they would smack a label on whatever it was they were doing. I assume that every once in a while that label was in starburst form and said in Egyptian, sail! So that they could get people to their place or going out of business. You know, I I know I said I wouldn't do research, but I actually did know that. I did know it Mm -hmm. came from ancient Egypt. It was actually first created by a shaman who was posting religious strictures Mm -hmm. up on the wall. And his name was Brother P-Touch. And he created a labeling system that you could just print out. And it was digital. You would just pull the trigger, it would pop out, then you could press another button to cut it, and then you would put it up on the wall and say, hey, here are the jars where we're going to put your organs later on. This one's brains. I don't want to do a podcast with you anymore. Too late. You signed a contract (laughs) with the devil. Are you a label person? Are you a, cause look, we can't talk about stickers without talking about labels. That was how they originally began. That was their first function. And I am a label guy. I love labels. If it were societally acceptable to put labels on my shelves for bowls, spoon, fork, plate, I would do it. My everything would look like a props table. (laughs) I would delineate with tape going around. What do you think? I want to be a labeler. Yeah. I'm not great at it. Digital or blue embossed label maker. Remember those? (laughs) 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I love those because you had to turn the wheel to get each. Yeah. It was like, how can I take the process of making a label and make it take so long that I'll get better at handwriting? I think that's yeah. what that was for. Is like, oh, you think you like the mechanical age? No. Now try it. Try to write encyclopedias. Yeah, just write this. it on a piece of just encyclo. You know what? Screw it. Books. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're yeah, getting one exactly. label for the whole section. We had a digital. I've had those digital label makers before. I know I've had more than one, mm-hmm. and we'd use them a couple times. The problem was the adhesive wasn't particularly strong, so it would pop off. In fact, I can tell you the last time I used them, when it was when I took my. Massive DVD collection, took mm-hmm. everything out of the cases and put them into binders, spent weeks organizing them by genre and then within the genre alphabetically. And wow. the, the whole process of transferring them and like cutting, you know, some of them are, are the snap cases. You created like a Halbuster. I created a Halbuster and that process took a very long time. And then I made labels that went on the spines denoting what it was and maybe even the part of the alphabet that it was. And those fell off within like five Wait, to spines days. of the DVD books? Yes, these huge spines. I would How put, many DVD I would books did you top. have? How many DVDs? I still did have you them. Have? Um, titles uh, would probably be like a thousand to twelve hundred titles. Wow. So that would include like the entirety of Friends, mm-hmm. the first five seasons of Cheers, just all these things I had yeah. amassed. Some of them were double DVD sets. And you still and you maintained keeping them even still after them. the big digital transfer to or the big transfer from removable physical media to mm-hmm. streaming. Yes. Yes, that is true. Yeah, I did keep them. I still have them. They're sitting in my coat closet right now. Because I have no yeah. place to store them, and I don't want them sitting out, and I don't have a DVD player to play them in anymore. <laughs> we got to get you a DVD player. Either that, or I've got to get rid of these discs. Yeah, I got rid of all of my discs. I kept a few, like sentimental ones, you know, shows I had been in, or and CDs as well, albums of shows that friends of mine had done, or uh, my friends' bands. But yeah. other than that, I just took everything to work with me one day and I just left it to the wolves in the character break room at Universal Studios. And I was just like, by, and by the end of the day, almost everything was gone. So you saw Jake and Elwood Blues walking around with an oh, American yeah. Pie 2 DVD. Exactly. <laughs> watch later. Yeah. Oh, look, uh, Fivel got Dunstan checks in. <laughs> I love labels, but I'm a label guy. Do they fail you though? Those in particular, at least that version. You have the heat one that was a heat based one, right? You would type it in on the little like calculator. And then it prints out. It goes. Yeah. Yeah. I find myself. It doesn't stick. I guess I don't expect the stickers to be permanent. I don't expect, I don't expect these labels to be permanent labels. How long do you expect them to last? Until someone comes through and goes, you've gone overboard. So you expect to be stopped because you have a problem, not because yeah. the stickers have failed you. Exactly. I have failed as a person for choosing to use so many stickers. And I always find that I overlabel things upon purchase of a label maker. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, if you have a hammer, everything's a nail. Uh, upon yes. purchase, I would label everything. Now I'm less uh, stickler about it. And, uh, in fact, I think that the spices in my cabinet are labeled 
I, we may have talked about this on the show before. The spices in my cabinet are labeled with the stickers that I used for those were just what I had laying around, which were return address Christmas labels. Yes. Yeah. So that is what now is labeling things in my home, which is uncharacteristic of me, I realize. But, you know, <laughs> I do what I got to do. I have to be able to tell the difference between the paprika and the chipotle. Of course. Yes, that is crucial. You get it. When you were at the height of label mania. Yeah. What is the weirdest thing you labeled? At one point, I labeled everything in my mom's house. Like this was in high school. Yeah, right. On the collar. I don't remember specifically a thing that I labeled. I just remembered it was the all of the minutia of life. I was labeling everything. Nickel. Yeah. Each individual nickel. Yeah. No nail clippings. (laughs) But but stickers have not just been used for labels. I would like to point out another version of the sticker Mm. that I would argue has really, at least in our country, made a big difference. And that is stamps. Because that's a sticker. A stamp is a sticker. It's Mm. just... Now they are, but you have to lick them sometimes. Those well, you had to stickers. apply, you had to apply the glue to the back of a piece of papyrus for it to be a sticker back in the old days. Yeah, it but wasn't they weren't licking Avery. a poster to stick it on the wall. What? You have, hold on a second. You have entirely adhesive backed posters? No, but a stamp. What, do you buy tape? No, I use command strips and I don't have to lick them to get them to stick to the wall. It's not missing anything. I mean, I I'm saying that there's glue on it. To me, I'm saying that any sticker different. that the modern stamp now you peel and that stick. is a sticker. That but is any a sticker, st- any sticker before any Am sticker I too before old? It, yeah, you yeah. have to lick that thing, and I don't want it. How how have we gotten over having to lick a stamp, but we haven't figured out how to do the same thing outside of like with envelopes outside of paper source. Where you get the little butterfly or, yeah, uh, not butterfly, the other uh, dragonfly, the, uh, the hummingbird to steal. Hummingbird, yeah. Yeah. The hummingbird. Uh, that the you papyrus. Used to steal it. Yeah. Papyrus. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Um, I have I the, the, the envelopes that I use are stickers. You just peel the little thing off. Yeah. I guess some of them. I think have it's that. cheaper. Not it's the cards. The, the gummy, uh, the, what are the, there's a name for it I, that escapes me now because I didn't open all my research, uh, screens Good. that I would normally. Good. No research. Open up. Hang on a second. Let me find nope. this. No, no, don't oh, research it. You're somewhere. Don't look at it. It's not um, anywhere. No, but like, but stamps have, stamps and the creation in 1839 of the gummy back, the lickable, stickable gummy back for the stamp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Changed the game for a lot of things. It drastically sure. increased, uh, mail and communication. And I don't think that that's necessarily a thing to discount. No, no, not at all. I'm not arguing against stickers. I'm arguing against those heat printed labels because they suck. No, that's fair. And I'm questioning something that you have to lick as being a sticker because the, like, you know, if you're a kid and mm-hmm. your kindergarten teacher comes over with a, a little, bunch of grapes and it says grape job and then gives it to you and says here lick this and then stick it on your shirt you haven't really gotten anything except a job you got tom sawyer it's funny that you mentioned those specific stickers because Mm -hmm. those specific stickers that came out in the 1960s the scratch and sniff stickers grape job etc that were given out in schools that really started the boom of stickers being given out to kids sure and it's, it gave kids that initial love of stickers. I know I loved stickers as a kid. 
Uh, and then Tops in the 1960s and 70s released, they had a, a line of, uh, what looked like product labels because until then also stickers had, thanks to, again, going back to a little bit of, uh, the history on it, lithographs created the ability for full color advertising mm-hmm. and gluing, adding glue to the back of a piece of paper, technically creating a sticker. Sure was how a lot of things starting in the mid-19th century got advertised. And in the 1960s, Tops introduced what looked like label advertisements yes. that were just pun or dirty versions, almost like Mad Magazine versions. Called? What, were th- what was the name of them? Do They're you, called do you know? Wacky Something. I do remember yes. how much I liked them. I had, I think the second set, I had the book for it, and it was given to me while I was sick. So I have yeah. a very strong memory of it because it's very, very much of like the late sixties and seventies in terms of oh yeah the visual imagery of it. But also I remember being incredibly nauseated while I was completing it because I was sick. Yeah. So I have this like back and forth of it's a great memory and it is things like that are time capsules as are the garbage pail kids, another famous sticker set. That yeah. Are, that also were, from the, uh, tops. Yes, there was like the next generation even bigger. What what happened with the whatever they were called, like wacky labels or something? They, they came were with called. A book. I have it right here. Wacky wacky packs. Wacky packs. Thank you. Wacky the, packs the or wacky with, packages, including wacky packages, yes. including things like moron salt instead of Morton salt. Yes, campy soup instead of Campbell soup. Uh, cracked jerk instead of cracker jacks. All with mm-hmm. the uh the style of those original advertisements. And you could get a book where there was a place for each sticker and you would place mm-hmm. them in and it would, it would complete the imagery. Yeah. Even more. So even that was a step up over, there was like an interactive, interactive piece to that. But more so, I think when you're a kid, the first time you get introduced to it as a sticker is a reward. Yeah. So you that get was... this sticker for doing a grape job. Yeah. You know what, Hal? I think you deserve a sticker for doing a grape job. Thank you. All the time. I think you're a very good co-host. Here's a strawberry sticker. <laughs> Hold on. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. This is nice. Smells like a strawberry. When I was a kid, I was obsessed yeah. with Garbage Pail Kids. I had as many Garbage Pail stickers as I could because I wanted to make the poster. You know, you get the thing and you want to make the poster. Mm-hmm. You get all the Garbage Pail stickers. And I was I did not keep them as cards. I peeled those stickers off. Oh. And... Did you keep them as cards? I had the first, I think, four or five sets complete. Oh, wow. In, like, not in individual, but like a, that big plastic case that you put baseball cards in. Yeah. I kept them in that because you would either do that or you would wrap rubber bands around them. Yeah. And now those are worth a decent amount of money. It's everything yeah. from our childhood is. It, sure. It, because we all played with them. So, but I never, I, I wanted to be able to look at them at any time. And I feel like the back had something. The back might have assembled an image as well when you had all of them, or they had a checklist. There's it was, uh, you would, it was on the, on the back, uh, they, they would create one giant garbage pail kid. Right. It was basically a puzzle. Yes. I did not keep mine intact. As a kid, I put them on my dresser. And by the time I had gotten my full collection of garbage pail kid stickers, my dresser looked like the bathroom at a punk club. or like or like the scissor bin of the stylist at a floyd's just completely covered (laughs) in stickers you know what i mean 
Yeah. Like where stickers where they're not even they're not even flat any some of them mm-hmm. aren't even flat anymore they're just like poking off and just slapped on so quickly. Uh, I yeah, hate that. oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Do you remember the name of one garbage pail kid? Yeah, Shorn Sean was one. Shorn Sean. I okay. was the grossest one I thought, and it was a kid who was shaving and he was shaving his whole face off of his head. Ugh. Yeah, they were gross. They were delightfully gross. The movie was yeah. terrible. It was very bad. It was very, very bad. They were but aliens, the garbage we found kids out. were great. Yeah. They came from space. I uh, I had a cabbage patch kid and a collection of garbage pail kids. Oh, you see, so you had the light and the dark in I, your exactly. house. You the invited them the both dark. in. Yeah. One cannot exist without the other. Kenneth Thorne and Adam Bomb. I'll also add Messy Tessie, who was covered in sure. snot. Oh, I like Messy Tessie. Yeah. And Ronnie Reagan, the miniature Ronald Reagan. No. Oh. Anyway, all of this to say... Uh, stickers are, are iconic, wonderful. Iconic stickles, yeah. uh, stickers. I think stickers are something probably appreciated more by children and also become the bane of parents mm-hmm. because the kids will put the stickers everywhere. Put them in the rug. You put them on your wall. Like, uh, you know, when we moved into our place, this had been a child's room and the child had put stickers on the wall, which is not a big deal. I don't care. Yeah. You know, when you're repainting a room, it doesn't matter. But did you leave that? You didn't is, leave the stickers up? No, I wish I had. Yeah. The one sticker that I think is great for a kid's room that I wished I'd had as a child are the glow in the dark stars and planets and oh, stuff. Oh, I had those. Those were the greatest. Yeah. I loved those because I would have my light on and it would charge them up and then I'd go to bed and it would, I'd turn it off and I had the stars. On, oh, I had the stars on the ceiling were great. What do you think of, um, like the large scale stickers that go on walls? Oh, like fat, fat heads or I've seen some that are, you know, like, uh, trees that will cover the whole wall or a big leaf pattern or I guess I'm conflating stickers and decals, but what are stickers but decals? I think they're cool. Mm-hmm. The problem comes as, as it does with everything with adhesive is when it loses its adhesion. Yeah. And here's another great example of stickers. You know, our TV is mounted on the wall. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, I've wanted, there's a little, uh, bracket you can put on the back of your television that will hold your Apple TV. Mm-hmm. So your Apple TV is out of sight and it's attached to the television. It's like one less wire that's sort of loose. And that's what we did when we had the TV installed and it came off. I had to stick it back on there. It was a sticker. It's supposed to, yeah, it has, it's an adhesive, but the adhesive is not supposed to lift. And it's not, our home's not dusty. Mm-hmm. There isn't hair flying all over the place. It just fell off under the um, weight of the one thing it's supposed to hold. Well, Hal, I'm, I, I'm beginning to get a sense that you are, you have a broad idea of what is considered a sticker. I feel like you might be conflating double-sided tape with a sticker. Well, like, this, well, like the, the like the, something like the on the other side of this right? sticker is something that says "grape job." On the other side of this sticker is a whole ass Apple TV. That's just an thing. adhesive. How often do you have to pick the sticker off of either a new glass or plate, and it's and it's you have to like go to rubbing alcohol to get it off, or an apple or a mm-hmm. piece of fruit where it will take some of the skin with it, like in the attempt to get it off. Yeah, I had to do that with a tomato recently. I was trying to chop a tomato up, and I the individual the sticker on the, the sticker. fruit feels superfluous. Can't stand it. I mean, it has to be on there because that's the only way you get a barcode to accurately for these stores to accurately track that it has been sold and to charge you money for. Yeah, it. I guess Grandpa over have. here. I'm like, no, man. I go to some stores where it's like, here's the little piece of paper. You bought four apples. Here's the four digit code for the apples. 
You know what I mean? Yes. It was like a waste of paper and also of gummy. You're talking about an honor system that gives people way too much credit for being honest at a grocer. That's fair. I'll tell you what. Why don't we take a break? Let's mm-hmm. not stick on this subject too long. See what I did there? Oh, when we, when come, we back, come back, let's talk about magnets. How's that let's sound? Let's talk about magnets. How do they yeah. work? We'll find out after this. Probably won't. This show is made possible thanks to the support of MaxFund members like you. Here's some other great shows on the MaxFund network that you might enjoy. I can't tell the future. We'll be right back. We'll be, we'll be right left. We'll be left back. Damn it. I'm leaving. Boo. Parenting. It's hard, but don't worry. You're not alone. Belly up to the low bar with one bad mother and let us remind you that fine is good enough. They want to climb on different things. And how am I supposed to keep them both from dying? (laughs) There is a right way to do this. And if I can figure out that right way, I'm going to be a good parent. So that is not a thing. So join us each week and let us tell you that you are doing a good job. You can listen to One Bad Mother on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. This week on Bullseye, Tom Hanks, as you've never heard him before, mad. You moron. Thank you for the use of the turn signal. Way to use your blinker, idiot. That's Bullseye from MaximumFun.org and NPR. I'm going to tell you one thing they don't do when you go to the airport. What's that? That's use stickers to see if you're hiding contraband on your person. <laughs> Wait, they use magnets to see if you're hiding contraband? Yeah, it's a, mag- it's a metal detector. There's magnetism involved. There's magnetism involved in everything, I think. Though I do kind of love the idea that they would just walk up to you with a great big magnet, and if you had a gun or a knife or any contraband that you're not supposed to have, it would just get sucked out of your pockets and yeah. attached to their great big magnet. It takes everything. Have you ever had an MRI? Yes. Oh, they're the worst. Well, you, I mean, they're they're medically useful. They are medically useful. I just don't like being in that tube. I had to do one in uh, August. It's just like laying there, your back hurts, and then you're yeah. like, there. As soon as they say don't move, all you want to do is move. All you want, well, and, and you're hyper aware of every single small movement that your body is making. Oh yeah. So like, it just feels like your fingers are kind of like. Just moving on their own and like, oh, did I move a little bit? Or I'm, I I kind of, and meanwhile, yeah. it just sounds like you're in a washing machine. And you think if you move at all, even the tiniest fraction of a millimeter, you've ruined everything that you've gotten into this tube for. You know, they well, should I make, broke it. They should make a version. Uh, somebody out there who's got the better video editing skills, maybe you, can do the sequence where Jeff Bridges goes into the world of Tron. But you do the sound of an MRI, and it's going to be like he's traveling through a fax machine <laughs> instead of into a computer. It's going to come out flat on a piece of paper on the other side. Um, the, look, we have talked for a couple of minutes now about magnets, and we haven't even mentioned refrigerator magnets or the reason that stickers versus magnets was a thing. That is how ubiquitous magnetism is. I would yeah. argue that the magnet... The concept of the magnet mm-hmm. is so much more consequential in the history of the world, even more so than the stamps that led to the Stamp Act that led to the American Revolution. Magnetism starting in around 1200 in those China. Stamps were, those weren't the, those were, those weren't the sticky stamps because those didn't exist yet. Oh, that was it. That's right. Those didn't those exist are, those back are then. Yeah. Dunk stamps. Well, I'm so sorry. What clear. Kind? Law and order stamps. Dunk, dunk. Yeah. And the criminal I guess they, justice I guess they would have been two types of stamps. 
Was it just it was just uh, like ink press stamps or there wasn't yeah. like a paper or a wax, a paper a wax element seal. to some of the old stamps back then? Maybe. Maybe they painted something on it. They probably didn't have a self-adhesive. They probably do it. No, the, uh, the self-adhesive was 1839. Yes, that's the one that came well after our nation. That's our true. nation was in the process of tearing itself back apart again. Oh, gotcha. But looking at magnets, I mean, this goes back to the 12th century and the discovery in China of the poles and revolutionizing naval travel and uh, guiding by the stars. And the concept of magnetism is such a huge, giant thing that is way beyond the scope of this show. But we're going to dive into it anyway. Sure. And we wouldn't have anything digital if it weren't for the ones and zeros and the magnetism of that. Mm -hmm. So the concept of magnetism is so much grander than the concept of stickers. I also like it to close a bag. I like a magnet to close a bag. This is what I want to talk about. I want to talk about small scale magnets. I want to talk about a magnet you can hold in your hands and yeah. Which, by the way, the refrigerator magnet, how far back do you think the refrigerator magnet goes? I've got to think, because the refrigerator is fairly new. The mm -hmm. modern refrigerator really doesn't come to us until the early 20th century. Yeah. Placing the icebox. I'm going to guess that the refrigerator magnet feels like something that would be a thing in the 50s. Feels like that would be a birthplace for it. That is not terribly far off. Oh. It was, uh, yeah, it was roughly in, I'm going to put a magnet on that phone. Don't put a magnet on my phone. I, I, I want to try and find put a magnet on it. If you like it, then you should have put a magnet on it. So you're very close. And there are actually mm -hmm. two people that claim the fridge magnet as their invention in the late Edison 1960s. And Edison and Tesla, they electrocuted an elephant with some magnets. Right. Now, in the late 1960s, a man named Sam Hardcastle figured out a way to, because prior to this, the magnets that were used to just stick to a metal wall were the letters that little kids would have learn when you're learning how to spell, right? You know, the big, colorful letters with a tiny magnet on the back. If the other person's name isn't McCormick, I'm quitting. It's Hardcastle and McCormick <laughs> invented, yeah. They invented the magnet as well as a really fun television program. Right? Yeah. See, they got over it. Sam Hardcastle invented where the whole thing is a magnet. The whole piece of metal is a magnet. And it was the shapes of the 50 states. Those were the first fridge magnets okay. that he invented. Then another uh, man named uh, Zimmerman in the 1970s figured out a way to mold physical, larger physical objects that aren't specifically flat into magnets mm. that would also go on your fridge. And then it also fruit. From there, a lot more fruit there. A lot of fruit on a lot of fruit, a lot, fruit, lot of fake fruit, a lot of. Uh, I had the uh, the the Mickey waffle as one of my magnets. I sure. had uh, I had a lot of the Disney ones. Are you a magnet guy? We have some magnets. We have a little. We had. I don't yeah. know if we have it anymore. We had one that was like a little thermometer. Told you the temperature. Yeah, sure. When you may not remember this, when we when Jennifer and I sent out our save the dates, it came with mm -hmm. a small rectangular. Uh, like flimsy magnet, like a thin yeah. magnet you could just stick onto your fridge so you wouldn't forget that a lot of people still have, which is great. We still have, our, I have yeah, saved the date magnets on my fridge right now. Yeah. So, yeah. so that I have my favorites are the measurements, like measurement charts. Useful. So, like a cup is equal to this. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And they're in the shape of different um, measurement tools. So That's really smart. Love having that. I love a fridge magnet. Sure. 
I probably have 50 of them on my fridge right now. Yeah, it's a way to express yourself and also put things. It it works to attach things, which which is well. Nice. Here's the thing. Uh huh. It some of these fridge magnets are not really designed for that purpose. You know what I mean? Like right. some of these fridge magnets, they are fridge magnets that are not designed to hold. They will not hold up a single piece of paper. Like what? Which one won't? I have so like those little flimsy ones, like the save the date ones. Ours holds things up. I guess we have a really good one. Maybe I'm going overzealous with what I'm trying to hold up with my fridge magnets, but I have a what lot of the phone book. Yeah, I've got a phone book up there. No, I guess it's that, um, that I, I, I have a lot of fridge magnets that are not much thicker than a sticker. You know what I mean? <laughs> I have this, I have this copy of Ulysses that I'm trying to stick on my fridge and I have yeah. one pineapple. Yeah, look. With a one inch magnet. Kenji Lopez Alt's, uh, book on cooking is not going to keep itself open. I need a couple of fridge magnets to make that happen. Though I do have one fridge magnet that is the greatest. It is a Dollywood magnet and it is mm. a super strong magnet and a clip. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are oh, great. Oh man, that's good. Great. That might be, that may as well be, you know, Hanging on a wall with a drywall anchor. That thing, I yeah. can hang anything from that. That won't move anywhere. Yeah, that's yeah. that you can't, that can't be near a pacemaker. Yeah. But like some of the things that just problem. have a teeny little dot of a magnet. No, nah, man, those, those are only designed to hold themselves onto your fridge. You're not going to slide something yeah. underneath that and keep it up there. And we have clips like chip clips that are attached mm -hmm. to little magnets like that. And so you have that, you know, we have like a wide chip clip. We have the smaller clips. Those sit in a drawer. But mm -hmm. then these, they're up on the fridge. So when they're not in use, they're right there. I know where they are when I need them next time. So it's more the magnet is it's serving two purposes there, right? There's the one yeah. that's just keeping the thing up. And then there's another that you can use to keep other things up, like a clip, like right. a, like our save the date. Not other people's crappy ones. Yeah. Your delightful save the date that is currently holding a copy of Ulysses up on my fridge. See? See how yeah. good it is? Yeah. It's not going to tear at all. It's going to I'd say this. I'd far. rather read your save the date than Ulysses. It is much more clear and concise and tells me a much cleaner story. And cuter. It's, it's much cuter. cuter. Oh, my God. It's cuter. The drawbacks of them. And magnets are also great for holding bags together and stuff. Mm -hmm. I will say this. When I was a kid. Uh, the first movie I saw in a the theater was The Empire Strikes Back. Mm -hmm. And I loved Han and Luke, you know, the blasters they have, the DL-44s. And I wanted one. I wanted a Gatekeeper. toy one, including the one that is – I wanted one just like like that one up there on the shelf. Listeners, he's pointing to a Han to Solo one. blaster that is sitting up on his shoulder. Yes, from On his shoulder, on his shelf. If you had it just sitting on your shoulder like it was a parrot – I have that, and then I have a stormtrooper blaster on the other shoulder yeah. telling me to do bad things. <laughs> so that's the E11, by the way. Thank you. I no. do remember that one, too. I really wanted one. My mom was like, no, you're too young. I was like three years old at the time. So we would go to my grandmother's place a lot, and she had a magnet that was like a red – it almost looked like the classic version of a magnet where it's a U-shape. Except mm -hmm. there was a bar at the narrow end that would normally be open, and that's where the magnet was. It was a good, strong magnet. And I would put a spoon on that magnet, and that would be my blaster. That's pretty awesome. It was great. I loved it. Yeah. It made me so happy. That's Here is – and I wanted to – we can now start, I think, getting into some of where these Venn diagrams might cross over. Sure. Or maybe not where the Venn diagrams cross over, where we can actually start to make some comparisons. 
Sure. And I think that a childhood relationship with each of these things is a fun place to start. Because mm-hmm. as a kid, I found myself with a relationship that I had with stickers and a relationship that I had with magnets. And I right. don't know what your relationship was with them, if it was at all similar to mine. For me, it was I loved the variety that I had in stickers. Magnet-wise, it was novelty magnets on the fridge, which I love, which I have a million of now, and I enjoyed them. But I liked that there were stickers. There was a sticker for everything. Um, I had all of my garbage pail kids, but I also had others, multiple other kinds of stickers on things, promotional stickers for movies that I liked and cartoons that I loved. But also as a kid, magnets were magic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, I loved those science books that would say like, here's fun with magnets. Here's crazy stuff you can do with a magnet. Here's Wooly Willy. Uh, the guy whose yes. face you can, uh, you know, you move the pen around and it moves the magnetic filament yeah. hair all over the magnets. The edge of sketch is magnets. Magnets Magnet were magic to me. Yes. I think that's it. Stickers became like art. Uh, the reason I turned around when you were talking just then is, as I have somewhere a composition book from when I was in either kindergarten or first grade, probably kindergarten, because we were learning the alphabet at the time. And I put stickers all over it. And there's stickers in it because we're learning each each letter. What I had was a set of stickers where each letter uh was something from Star Wars. There was like a little Star Wars image. Oh, within, cool. Like the letter V, the little letter W, and so forth yeah. and so on. A Vader, a Watto. Yeah. A, there was no Watto. This is yeah. 1980 or 81. Oh. We were, we were clear of that. Maybe 82. But that was like, it was cool to have them. It's cool to place them. You feel like you're sort of decorating and designing your own little world. It's a way to be, it's a way to show individualism as a kid, even if you can't draw. These are my, this is my sticker collection. I remember the idea of stickers more than I remember individual stickers. Like I remember the very good job. Mm -hmm. You're a grape kid. I remember the puffier stickers too, although I can't remember what they were of. I have a stronger memory. Obviously, I have the one to make you the blaster, but I also remember just having like those softer magnets that were sort of rubbery on Mm -hmm. one side and throwing them at the fridge and watching them stick. Like that was magical to me. Yeah. They were like the little tiny magnets that you could make little sculptures out of that were, you know, the ones that look like little uh, hematite rocks or Mm -hmm. there were the flat little diamonds. Mm -hmm. The little I loved the little diamond ones. Yeah, those are great, but there's also a danger with magnets. Yeah. Of don't get them near the TV. Don't, don't get them near, near your credit cards. Computer. They'll ruin mommy and daddy's credit cards. They'll, yeah. you know, that there is a danger inherent to magnets. Don't be careful to rip your fillings out. Yeah. That might have been something I was afraid of. I'm sure I was afraid of that at some point as a kid. If like, you were, wait, were looking you at a e- magnet? Were you eating really strong magnets that were just yanking fillings right out of your teeth? Yeah. Wow. Well, they never yanked them out, but I wanted to see if they would. Yeah, and also, did you or did you not, Mark Gagliardi, as a child, yeah. no middle name, as a child, try to take two magnets of the same polarity and force them together? Yeah. Just to see if you could. That was the, to see if you could do it. And you couldn't. That was a magical thing. It was like, hey, touch this end of this piece of metal to this end of this piece of metal. It was like, that seems easy. What? Yep. Man, a kid who had a really, really strong magnet in his toy collection was cooler than even the kid who had ninja stars. <laughs> because you were able to go over to the first kid's house. Yeah, exactly. The second kid, my mom was like, you are not going over to that kid's house. That yeah. kid has a bayonet under his bed. <laughs> and I've never met his parents. Yeah. 
Why have I never met his parents? And why does he own a World War One bayonet? You're not going over there. Now, your magnet friend. That kid was his place. Pippo Longstocking. <laughs> Just lived alone with a horse, super yeah. strong, eight nails. I like that Pippi and Pippo is the uh, the masculine form of that. Yeah. That's what you went with was Pippo, Pippo. Longstocking? Oh, man. I love the Swedish Pippi Longstocking from like 77. Mm-hmm. That We had that on VHS when I was a kid. And it's all overdubbed. Oh, 69. Thank you, Ken. It was 69. It's so good because... People come and they're like, oh, Pippi. It's like Jim Dale. The Jim Dale. Do- <laughs> it's very similar. Oh, Pippi, what are you doing here? It's so good. You are so mean to Jim out of Dale, bottles who is a brilliant candy. narrator. He's a brilliant and a brilliant actor as well. But yeah. look, those audiobooks got me through a cross-country drive by myself yeah. in the year 2000. Loved in them. the year 2000. Sorry, I just flashed back to vintage Conan. Yeah, put that flashlight into your chin. You know, it's, I love stickers. I love stickers, but I'm wondering too. if the magic of magnets, if there's so much more, like anything that a sticker can do, no, that's not necessarily true. Because if it's not metal, forget it. A magnet Correct. can't stick to it. Uh, not all, ma- like they have magnetic bumper stickers now, but if you got a fiberglass car, it's not going to stick. No, but if you have a magnet, a piece of string, you can find your way around. You can find true north. That's huge. Like a magnet is a teaching tool in a way that a sticker can never be. You can yeah. use stickers to communicate learning concepts. Sure, little gold people. stars are stickers. And little those, gold stars. Man, I wanted those. Educational information on a sticker and make them educational and fun at yeah. the same time. You absolutely can do that. You can give people stickers of the solar system. You can put the name of your improv planets. group. On a sticker and you can slap it up in the bathroom of that punk club. Yeah. You could be doing a show in college called the paper bag opera and you could take paper bag opera stickers and put them all over the place. And who cares if they thought it was too avant-garde and people would leave. That was what you wanted. And you would spend a lot of time in a giant paper bag just wandering among the audience as they were getting ready to go in and never talking to them. And then everybody giving birth to paper bags. In the Black Box Theater at Syracuse University. Maybe that happens, but people don't come see that show unless you put a bunch of stickers up everywhere. Andre the Giant has a posse, Mark. The only way you're going to know that is if you see the stickers. (laughs) I'm still stuck on this paper bag opera. Uh Uh-huh. Do you have a video of that? I don't know if video exists of it. I hope. I would love to see a video of that. Did I tell you the sticker that I picked up when I was just at Comic-Con? I was very excited to see this. This artist, I walk past his table, and I'm going to hold on. I'm going to find out. So I'm at Comic-Con. The artist's name is Jesse JFR. Shout out to Jesse JFR. Or is at Jesse JFR on all the social stuff. Uh, Brilliant artist. And I saw this one on the table. It caught my eye. I don't know if he is a fan of the show or not, but that is clearly a Croach the Tracker sticker. Did you confirm that it was Croach the Tracker? No, I didn't. I just bought it. I was like, I want that sticker. And then I should have been like, I should have asked if that was Croach the Tracker or not. Probably probably could have gotten it for free. I know. But I was very excited that he had that sticker, so I got it from him. But uh, getting back to the question at hand. Yes. Stickers are great. I think it is tough to deny the importance Not only of the fridge magnet, we didn't even mention magnetic poetry that got me through so many awkward small talk conversations at college parties. 
Just yep. go to the fridge, grab your beer, go to the fridge and let's make poems. Yep. There's something magical going back to childhood. There's something magical about a magnet. There is. And I think where it really holds the edge over a sticker is that you can pick up and move the magnet very easily. Yeah. To make a new piece of art. Yeah. To make a new, the beauty of magnetic poetry, right? Is you create a poem yeah. and then you can change it instantly to another. You can poem attach later. a sticker once, maybe yeah. twice. Yes. And the second time it's going to have the sticking power of your garbage label maker. Exactly. Oh, that label maker. Rod and H-E double that. hockey sticks, you. Wow. Type that in. What would happen if you type that into the label maker and then affixed that label to the label maker? Would you create a time loop? Only for like 30 seconds. Then the sticker would fall off and all would be restored. That's normal. fair. That's fair. Uh, well, do we have our answer? I think we do. I think it's the magnet. I think it's the magnet, too. Yeah. People of the world, whether we're talking about sticking things on a fridge or sticking things to other things or the importance of the object to Earth science. And how we understand the way our planet works, the magnet has the edge. Stickers are great. They've yeah. done a great job all of these years. They're very, very good. They're very good. I love wacky packs. I'm bananas for stickers. <laughs> you got another one? Mm. Are they the apple of your eye? They are the apple of my eye. There you go. Can PG we just team. move on? <laughs> sure. <laughs> If that was one of the stickers that they had, can we just move on? If you did just do a great job on a project, can we try harder next time? <laughs> you almost tried. <laughs> Period. Magnets win. Magnets are better than stickers. Sorry, stickers. You have your place. You can still exist. Yeah. Asked and answered. Well, this has been delightful. Where? Who got this topic? Who do we need to thank for this? Your fridge? My fridge. Thank you, Frigidaire, for the oh. topic. And that whiteboard that's on your fridge, how is it attached? Magnet. There it is. The well answer done. is in the question. Wow. Right? That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Boy, that's like uh that's like the end of Saw. It was there the whole time. Spoilers. <laughs> the Saw was? This topic is closed, but there are many more topics to discuss, so please reach out to us on Twitter at we got this tweets or you can email us at we got this podcast at gmail.com or come over to the Facebook group. Why don't you? That's where it's all going down. Facebook.com slash groups slash we got this podcast. Thank you to producer Ken Plume. Don't forget to go to patreon.com slash Ken Plume to support him and all the wonderful things he's doing outside of this show. Thank you to researcher Kate McManus, graphic designer Uri Kelman and QA engineer Jen Alba. And thanks, of course, to our musicians, Jonathan Dinerstein and Mike Furman for our score and theme song, respectively. And thanks to you, the people of the world. Without whom Hal and I would be those two metal parts of the magnet just pushing away from each other and never quite connecting. But thanks to you, we flipped one of those magnets around and we've been stuck now for over 400 episodes. No end in sight. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For Hal Loveland, I'm Mark Gagliardi. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Loveland. And don't worry, everybody. We, we got, got this. We got this. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported